Yo, today's QOD is when God says no, who will you be? Here we go. Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We got our mainest man, Inky Johnson, back on the show today. And I may have told you something a few weeks ago, or maybe I was talking to somebody else. I can't remember. But there are a lot of clips, like really good clips that I stumble across that don't make it to the air. And the reason why is because they can get a little religified. And I don't mind it at all. However, I know that many of you in the audience don't want to hear about religion in the show. However, I had to make an exception today because this one is just way too good. Because what Inky is talking about is letting go of control of things. You know, we want to control everything. We want to operate from knowns. We want to know every single thing that's going to happen. And we have such fear of the unknown. And here's the truth about it all. The thing that you want to happen is probably not going to happen the way that you think that it will. You can't control it. There may be another channel that's going to deliver to you the thing that you want to do. That's how it works. And we, when we accept that, when we just let go, when we just yield, everything just kind of comes together. Here's Inky. I never wanted to speak. They put me in public speaking in college. I dropped the class on the second day. I despised it. As I was walking out of the class, I said to my buddy, I was like, man, I'll never be needing that. And the coach was on the other side of me, and he said, Inky, you never know. Until the point of complete confusion. Because as people, what do we try to do? We try to control, like, in, in, in certain areas of life, they'll call it controlling a narrative. Right, when you try to jump out in front of situations, opposition, trouble, and you try to control it. Like if we walked out of this building right now, we walked down to the high school with 10 people, and we said, okay, when we get to the high school, I want five people to go right, I want five people to go left. Everybody would probably turn around and say, why? Why do you want me to go left? Why? Why should I trust you to walk down to the high school? We want to control the narrative. We want to know what's next. And so when my injury happened, I'm still trying to control my life. And I said, okay, I'll become a coach. I'll coach. Football, natural transition. I start down the path to become a coach. Three years in, graduate assistant. My wife is back in Atlanta teaching. She calls me one day and she says, Inky, I'm pregnant. Somehow I got pregnant. I don't know. Somehow it happened. And I go to Coach Fulham. I said, listen, here's the deal. My wife is pregnant. I really need to go back. He said, man, go be, for, go, go be there for your family. And I call a guy trying to control the narrative. Me and Pastor was talking about this. He said, God cannot work and God cannot take you where he wants to take you until you allow God to take you where he wants to take you. And most of the time when that happens, it's when you say, I yield, I yield, because you're in such a place of confusion in your life and you can no longer control it. And so it places you in a position to where it has to fortify your faith. And so I called the guy and I said, man, listen, I'm coming to Atlanta. I really need a job. 
and he worked at the rec center. And he said to me, Inky, you can come, man. You can create curriculums for the kids. I'll pay you 21, 20,000 a year, whatever, and you can just ride off into the sunset. I said, praise God, I'm coming. And I get there the next day, and I go up to the gymnasium. I call the guy. He never responds. I email him, never respond. The people there, I give them my resume, my paperwork, and they say to me, oh, you're overqualified. I said, what is that? They say, yeah, you can't work here. And I found myself in my wife's grandmother's home. My wife had our daughter, Jada. Jada sleeping in a wagon that somebody bought her for her birthday, and we would put pillows in the wagon. And I'm two blocks away from where I grew up in that two-bedroom home with 14 people. And I'm like, God, why did you take me from this neighborhood to the University of Tennessee, play football, get 10 games from the NFL, and bring me right back to the same neighborhood in my wife's grandmother's home with my daughter sleeping in a wagon and no money? And I would get up every single day. My wife would get dressed to go teach. I would get dressed, and I would go look for a job. And people would say, you're overqualified. And I knew most of the people were saying this because I got a disability. We're looking at it in terms of, man, I don't know what I can do with this guy. And I was cool with it. I totally understood it. And at the time, the only thing I had was my book. And I had written my book as a journaling process to help me get through my injury. And so I would just journal. I put it in book form. And I really just wanted to give it to my grandmother. And one morning, I get up with my wife, and we're getting dressed, and she's in the mirror, and I'm standing there beside her, and I say to my wife, babe, you're not going to believe it. She said, what you got, eh? I said, I'm headed to Chicago. I'm about to go meet Oprah and give her my book. And my wife looked at me. She said, ain't you know Oprah? <laughs> I said, nope. She said, oh, you know anybody at Harpo Studios? I was like, nope. She said, you sure? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, go for it. I had a 2X suit. I had a little bit over $200 to my name. And I had my truck. I went, I jumped in my truck. I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, please don't let me catch a flat. I catch a flat, it's over with. And I start driving, and I get to Chattanooga. And I call my buddy Jeff that's in Knoxville. Jeff picks up. Jeff's an attorney. He's well off. Right, he's my buddy. I call him. Jeff picks up and says, Ink, what's up? I said, Jeff, you're not going to believe it. He said, what you got, Ink? I said, man, I'm headed to Chicago to meet Oprah. I'm about to give her the book. Jeff says, oh, Ink, you know Oprah? <laughs> I said, nope. He said, oh, I get it. I get it. Ink, I understand you're a highly ambitious person, but I need you to hang this phone up and call me back when you get to Knoxville. Chances of that happening are slim to none. I call Jeff when I get to Knoxville. Jeff picks up. He says, you're still going, aren't you? I said, yep. He says, stop by and pick me up. I'm going to ride with you because I don't want you to be too disappointed when it doesn't happen. I pick Jeff up. We get to Chicago that night. Jeff goes up. Jeff gets us a room. Next morning, we get up. I go to the front desk. I'm asking for directions. Jeff is standing in the corner getting ready to go work out. I get directions. I'm going to walk out of the building. Jeff jogs over. He says, Ink, wait. He said, I'm going to go with you, man. I'm going to get us a taxi. I don't want you to be too disappointed when it doesn't happen. We pull up to Harpo Studios in a taxi. Place is massive. People everywhere. It's when our last shows were happening. We get out of the car. Jeff says to me, hey, Ink, I'm going across the street to this coffee shop. I'm sure this won't be long. I'll see you in a minute. 
I get the book, I walk around the building, every door that will open, I would run into the door, and I would say, hey man, I'm Inky Johnson, I drove up from Atlanta, I want to get open my book. And they would say, get out of here, we don't do that. I said, man, y'all rude, I thought y'all give away cars. I just got a book. And I got so discouraged, I went around the back of the building, and I sat down in the parking lot, and I looked up at the sky, and I'm like, God, man, my wife's going to chew me out. And I get up, and I go around the side of the building. At this point, everybody has went into the building. And it's one gentleman, and he's sitting on the curb, and he looks to be a homeless gentleman. And I sit down beside him, and I say to him, sir, how are you? He said, man, I'm great. How are you? I said, man, I've seen better days. The irony of the situation. And I look up to my left, and when I look up to my left, coming down the sidewalk was Oprah and her security guard. And I stand up, and I fix my suit. I say, here goes, right? And I start walking toward her, and they're walking toward me, and I'm thinking in my mind, surely she's going to send security up, move me out of the way, but I shot my shot. And as I'm walking, they're continuing to come, and she stops dead center in front of me, and she grabs my suit, and she shakes it. And she says, this is a nice suit. I said, thank you. I know she was shaking it to see if I had a gun or a knife or something, right? (laughs) And I said, I'm Inky Johnson. I drove up from Atlanta. I just wanted to bring you my book. She said, thank you. I said, can I take a picture with you? She said, no problem. We take a picture. She says, all right, I got to get in and do my show. I said, thank you very much. As she was walking in to go in the building, Jeff is running. Jeff says, Ink, tell her to wait. I said, no, oh, yeah, little faith, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Right? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Right. And I go, I go to walk off, and the security guard says to me, hey, hey, little man. And I stop. He said, come here. I want to tell you something. He said, I just want you to know what just happened never happened. He said, usually she'll send me up and say, move them out of the way. You know, tell them to send their book here, and they'll never get it. I just want you to know what just transpired. It never happens. I said, man, thank you so much. Right, I walked off, I sent a picture to friends, family. I put it up on social media, right? And everybody's response was, hey, Ink, are you going to be on the show? Hey, Ink, you're going to be on the book club? Hey, Ink, you're going to be on Super Soul? I was like, I don't know, I don't care. They was like, what you mean you don't know, you don't care? I said, that moment wasn't about that. That wasn't a moment about getting on Oprah's show. I said, I got up that morning. I was trying to see, was God still with me? I was trying to see, was God still with the kid that left Atlanta, Georgia, that had this dream to go to the NFL when he was seven and got there at 20 years old? I just need to see. It wasn't about Oprah. I just need to see, God, do I still got the connection? God, do you still hear me? And so when it happened, for me, what happened was, in the midst of the moment, it was confirmation when I was hugging her that God was saying to me, Ink, I got you. I got you, Ink. When I got back to Atlanta, people said, Ink, you need to speak. My simple prayer was this, okay, Lord, I'll be obedient. People are telling me I need to speak. I'll be obedient, send me where you got to send me. Out of obedience, because in the Bible it says, obedience is better than sacrifice, but you give the average person a task, and what the, what's the first thing they'll do? Judge the level of sacrifice without first being obedient. They'll say, what do I got to give up? What is it going to cost me? And the first trip I got to speak was a 15-hour round trip to Mississippi, driving. And I get back home at 2 a.m. 
and my wife is standing there. And when I walk in the door, she's standing there. She said, how was it? I said, babe, it was great. She said, what'd you get? I said, they gave me this cool coffee mug. <laughs> and she said to me, you sure this is what God called you to do? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, go for it. And I've been doing this for almost 13 years ever since. Right. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you. Right, because as much as it is an honor and a privilege for you all, it's an honor and a privilege for me. Every time I walk out on the stage, what the moment means for me is just like when I met Oprah. And I was like, God, you're still with me, man. Every time I walk out on the stage, because I didn't choose this. This chose me. God chose it. God orchestrated and architected it. And so when I meet a person, they're like, man, Inc., I really appreciate your video. I saw the Tennessee video. I'm like, God, you're still with me, man. When I see somebody in the airport, they're like, man, can my kid take a picture with you? Can you sign this? I'm like, God, you're still with me, man. And so my question to us is this. Every single day in every aspect of our lives and the things we're privileged to do and the people we're connected to, when the situation or the moment does not go our way, because we all know what to do when it goes right, but when God says no, who will you be? But most importantly, who's watching you and who can be blessed by the opposition, the adversity, and the challenge that you're facing? I firmly believe this wasn't for me. This moment was for my father and the countless others that have came to Christ as a result of it. And every day of the week, thank you. Yeah. Every day of the week, I think we're tasked to make this world a better place, right? In life, people don't burn out because of what they do. People burn out because life makes them forget why they do it. Let's never forget why we exist and why we do what we do every single day. Let's never take this thing for granted and think that alarm clock wakes us up. We know who's the alpha and the omega. Let's represent him bold, courageous, and proud. All right, pals, that was Inky Johnson. His website is inkyjohnson.com. If you want to watch that entire talk, it is on the YouTube. It is called 3WEDS Inky Johnson. You can also find that on my YouTube channel at seancroxon.com slash YouTube. It is in the September Quote of the Day show Full Talks playlist. That is it for me. Hope to see you tonight. I'm out. Peace. Peace.